Although I grew up in southern Wisconsin, the first Major League Baseball game I attended was in Kansas City. And for a number of years after that game, I was a Royals fan through and through. Coming up on the show today, I'll let you know how a classmate of mine, my love of the Kansas City Royals, and a pencil taught me a valuable lesson about stewardship. The Inner Life starts now. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life, where each day we hope to encourage and inspire you to a deeper faith in Jesus. My name is Patrick Conley. I was in sixth grade, and I still loved what I considered to be my Kansas City Royals. I saw them as mine, not only because they were the home team at my first ever Major League game, but also because almost everybody else who lived in my town in Wisconsin was, of course, a Brewers fan. It was in the fall because my mom had just taken me back to school shopping. And when we went, I had found a set of number two pencils that were baseball pencils. Each one was just a standard pencil, but it had the name of a major league team etched into it, one for every team. And what's more, each pencil was painted in its team's colors. Once my mom bought the set for me, it didn't take long for me to find the blue one with the white lettering that read Kansas City Royals. I went to school so proud of my baseball pencils. And of course, early on in the semester, I pulled out the Royals pencil at every opportunity. Then, one day, a classmate of mine asked if he could borrow a pencil. And I guess I thought he meant just for the moment, so I handed him the one in my hand, the Royals pencil. Class resumed, and quite frankly, I kind of lost track of it. I didn't think about it. Until, at the end of the day, he returned the pencil to me. Well, evidently he had made quite a few trips to the sharpener. What was nearly a full-length pencil when I handed it to him was now little more than a stub, and the words Kansas City Royals were only partial at best. I was crushed. Looking back on it, I did indeed learn a valuable lesson about stewardship that day, what it means to look after resources and tend them well, especially when... They're not your own, or they're given to you. Of course, Almighty God has entrusted you with life, with his very own Holy Spirit, among so many other things. So how are you at stewarding those priceless gifts? Stewardship is our topic today on the show, and guiding our discussion is Father Brian O'Brien. Father O'Brien is a priest of the Diocese of Tulsa and pastor of St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Father O'Brien, welcome back to the show. Good to have you with us. Patrick, great to be here. Uh, I, I must object. I'm a, I'm a Houston Astros fan, defending world champs. So we'll, <laughs> oh, don't we'll, even we'll get me to, started. Maybe we'll discuss off air our mutual <laughs> love of baseball. <laughs> I won't tell you what Nick just typed into the chat uh, as I uh, was looking. <laughs> anyway, I'm well. I have to say that my dad, um, after being a Royals fan for a while, my dad, uh, who spent a good deal of his young life in Chicago. He uh, kind of won me over to the Cubs. And, of course, the Astros were a National League team back then when I was growing up, so that I did not have any great love for the Astros. Sorry, Father. 
No worries. No worries. We can still be friends. <laughs> All right. That's very good. Well, we're talking about stewardship today, Father. So oftentimes here on the show, the first thing we like to do is define our terms. So when I say stewardship, what are we talking about? What? How would you define stewardship, Father? Yeah, I think put, put very simply, um, everything we have is a gift from Almighty God. Um, our life, the breath that we breathe, um, the stuff that we have, the money that we make, uh, but then also even like our, our time, the very fact that we are given today, um, all of that is, is a gift. Um, it's, it's unearned. It's not something that we necessarily did in order to get it. Um, the fact that you were born and the fact that you, were, that you woke up today is not something that you, that you did. Other people brought that about. God brought that about. So seeing everything in the world as a gift, um, living a life of, of gratitude to God, and then recognizing that, it, that if, if indeed everything is a gift, then a life of stewardship is a life lived in response to God's goodness. And so if everything is a gift, then, then how am I using the gifts that I've been given? Uh, and am I then being generous in return to God and to those around me. Mm. That's how I'd put it simply. I love it. I love it. Especially stewardship is a life lived in response to God's goodness. Wow. Right there. That's a, that's a fantastic definition of stewardship. And uh, so, but just so we're clear here, Father, we're not just talking about, uh, and, and you said, you said this as well in your opening remarks, but we're not just talking about money here, right? We're stewarding Definitely everything. not, right. Yeah, right. right. Okay. Yeah, so when we talk about, oftentimes you'll hear stewardship talked about in terms of time, talent, and treasure. And so right. tre- so treasure is a part of it. Money's a part of it. But, I, you know, I would discourage any, you know, any parish or any priest or, any, or anyone from, ju- from th- what we want to, I think, get out of people's minds is stewardship is just about money. Um, it's a way it's, we talk about it in my parish here in, in Oklahoma, about it's a, it's a way of life. Um, and so money is a part of that, right? You would never get married and not talk about money. You'd never, you know, money's a money is a part of it, but it, but it's certainly not, certainly not the only thing. And, and I would say not even the most important thing. Um, so we, we ought to, if we can get away from like stewardship equals money, I think a lot of places kind of talk about it like that. And I think it's not helpful because there's so many other ways that God blesses us and that we're then able to respond to God and to bless others. Mm-hmm. And granted, stewardship is about so much more than money, but like you like you pointed out, Father, it is often presented that way. And to be fair, there's a number of biblical passages, too, with um, so Jesus himself does some pretty interesting teaching about our usage of money. Any thoughts about any particular one that stands out to you when we're talking yeah, about stewardship? I mean, so, yeah, so the, I mean, I think the, mo- the most obvious is the, 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 the widow, you know, goes ah. to, to the treasury, um, and, and, you know, Jesus is there and he watches, you know, rich, rich people come in and they put in huge, huge amounts of money. Um, and we're told in the scriptures, the poor, the poor widow comes in, puts in two coins, and Jesus says to, to those gathered, um, this, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. So it's not, it's not an amount. It's, 
it's a it's it's the motivation behind it and it's the idea of you know mother teresa and many others you know kind of give till it hurts uh again that's true of money that's also true in lots of other areas but anyway that's the, that's probably the one that that most comes to mind but then we also have you know in the scriptures like the, the matthew 25 is like the parable of the talents where they you know they got the guy kind of buries buries it in the sand yep. and and it doesn't it doesn't bear any fruit um, and then one of my favorite passages in regard to stewardship is it's Psalm 24, and different translations out there, but it's basically like the earth, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, hmm. that everything belongs to God, and and God shares it with us, and then we spend our lives trying to trying to give to give back and to share it with others. So there's just there's a lot it, certainly in the scriptures about a life of stewardship, for sure. Mm-hmm. Our spiritual director today is Father Brian O'Brien, pastor of St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma. How do you share your time, talent, and treasure with God? We're talking about stewardship stewardship here on the show today. Maybe you have a story of tithing or of stewardship, some way that you've given of yourself and you've seen that bear fruit, that God has really taken the gift that you have offered and multiplied it and made it extraordinarily powerful and fruitful. So if you'd like to give us a call, join the conversation. We want to hear some great stories and some encouragement uh, when it comes to good practice of stewardship today. Our phone number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Our email address, if you'd prefer to send us an email, that's totally okay, innerlife@relevantradio.com. Well, wonderful kind of groundwork that we've been doing here, Father, in setting the, the basis, the biblical basis, the conceptual basis for stewardship but I understand, I mean, every priest must struggle with this to some degree, every pastor at least, um, who is trying to present to their parish, because there's a lot of opinions about there, out there, and I don't know how many of them are actually that, those good of opinions about uh, the Catholic Church's view of money. Now, I'm not saying that they're correct in these opinions, but um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of just kind of accusations and and uh, yeah, it, I can imagine it must be tough for pastors to talk about stewardship to some degree. But I, I how do you present stewardship at your parish? I, I'm curious. Yeah, so at, you know, every every parish is going to be a little bit different. Um, but I think to in the you know in, as a as a priest and like talking about it to my people. Number one, I mean, this is true of like any, of just disciple, uh, being a disciple of Jesus, right? You, we can talk about it all day, but are, you know, are people seeing that lived out? And so among, you know, from my brother priests, you know, are we, are we giving our people the example of what a generous life looks like? And if, you know, and I'll speak in, in just for me, you know, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes I'm 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 the best priest that I can be, and sometimes I, you know I fall short of that. And so you know, are people seeing that being lived out in the life of the parish? Do they see? Uh, do they do they see a generous community? Uh, people you know volunteering for things. People people praying. Um, so when we talk about like time, talent, treasure, time. Is is what your life of prayer? How much time are you giving to God? Um, talent is that you know what what gifts has God given me that I can then give to the parish and to the larger community. So you know, are are people seeing that being lived out in the life of their priests and in the life of the of the community? Um, you know, sel- selfish people are are not very happy. 
Yeah. Um, selfish people tend to be joyless people. And so in the life of the parish, you know, as it's being presented, we can talk about stewardship all day, but if people aren't seeing it, then it's, you know, that, that message is going to fall short. Just like, you know, we sing in the, in the song, um, they'll know we are Christians by our love. We can talk about Jesus all day, but if we don't, if we're not loving others, then, then people, then, then that message isn't going to get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe we should, uh, it, it might behoove us here to step into time, talent, and treasure individually, if you don't mind, Father, and we're sure. talking about stewardship on the show. So time is, uh, is a great gift to us, and I have to, I have to admit that uh, I'm 52 years on the planet, and I am still learning quite a bit about what it means to be a good steward of my time and sometimes failing <laughs> at it as, uh, yeah. And so it, it still does come, come about that I'm not a very good steward of my time. What does it mean to be a good steward of one's time? So time, uh, you know, is, 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 as you said, Patrick, is a, is a precious commodity. None of us have enough of it. Um, even, even many of the retired people in my parish say, gosh, I'm just so, I'm more busy in retirement than I was yep. when I, when I worked. And yeah. so there's a busyness that, that, that can set in. And I think that's especially in the, in the American way of life. Um, almost, we see sometimes busyness even as like a badge of honor, um, that I'm, I'm so busy and that, and that's a sign of my importance. Well, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the life of discipleship with Jesus, um, we have to have a certain amount of time set aside for, for him, for for prayer, for spiritual reading. Uh, you know, in the in the life of a parish, um, certainly setting aside time to to go to Sunday mass. So that if if you're if you're physically able, then you should be every every Sunday, no matter what. Uh, but then a, a life of stewardship can also be okay. What about going to to mass during the week? Um, does my parish offer the opportunity for Eucharistic adoration? Um, is there a rosary group that I can join or maybe start? And so all of those kind of official things in the life of a parish, uh, but then also what, do, what does my prayer life look like at home? Um, what does my prayer life look like with my family? Are we setting aside time as a family? Are we setting aside time? Um, am I setting aside time personally to encounter the risen Christ? Um, I say often, you know, I, we, we cannot give what we do not have. And so if I want to bring Jesus out to the world, if I want to bring Jesus to my family, is Jesus the center of my life? Is Jesus a part of, of who I am? And that comes in a life of, of prayer. And so that first, the first thing of, of stewardship is how am I spending my, my time? Do I have a life of prayer is it what it can be? Is it what it should be? And if not, then I have to start making some adjustments and, and moving, moving around some priorities. So if work dominates my life or if some hobby dominates my life, I may have to pull back on work. I may have to pull back on, on that hobby in order to make time with God a, a more of a priority. Yeah. One of the things that really struck me about time, uh, usage of time, and it was a quote, I think it was by... Annie Dillard, if I'm not if I'm not uh, mistaken, uh, American writer and poet. So, um, but she she quoted, and this really kind of slapped me in the face when I read it. Was you know how we spend our days is of course how we spend our lives. <laughs> I mean, it just kind of strikes you that well, I want my life to be like this. Well, 
then you need to make your, make your day be like this. And for some reason, I just didn't make that connection, you know, and maybe maybe many of us struggle with that as well, that, you know, if I want to be thought of as a generous person, then I can't go through each day without thinking about generosity, right? Or if I want to be a, a holy person, if I want to be pursuant after my relationship with God, then what you were saying, Father, I can't go through my day, I can't neglect the time to pray. And so... Good stuff. All right. Well, let's go to the phones as we're talking about stewardship here on the program today. Andy is calling in from Sealy, Texas. Andy, welcome to the program. Thank you. I just wanted to share that I was reading about Zanita Stein or listening to something about her yesterday and how mm-hmm. she uh, offered up her suffering for her faith. Uh, you know, accepted the crosses and offered them up for the salvation of souls. And I've been trying to be a better steward of all God's blessings in my life. And I thought of my own sufferings, especially persecution for my Catholic faith. I have a tendency to be, oh, woe is me. Uh, And one thing it said was that rather than saying, Lord, why are you allowing this to happen to me? St. Edith Stein was accepting it, embracing it and offering it up for the salvation of souls. So that was a good lesson for me this morning because I have a tendency to be woe is me-ish and feel sorry for myself. I get my feelings hurt easily, especially when it comes to, you know, trying to share my faith and being rejected or cast out for it. So I'm um, going to purpose to try to be a better steward of the crosses that God allows in my life, including the crosses of being persecuted and rejected for my faith, sharing my faith. So I just wanted to share that. I never thought of of that as, you know, instead of being woe is me, saying thank you, Lord, that I'm, I'm suffering this rejection or whatever, and I'm gonna offer it up for their souls. So does that count as, as uh, something to be a good steward of, the crosses yeah. that God allows in our lives? Yeah, Andy, that's, that's, that's beautiful. So, so I, I would say when Jesus says, you know, take up your cross daily and follow me, when many of the great saints, including Edith Stein, it was just her feast day was yesterday, um, also known as St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, she, she, di- she died in the concentration camp at the age of 46. Um, but she had these beautiful writings where she wrote about offering up her, her sufferings for Jesus. And that, that's prayer. I mean, that's one, one of the ways in which we pray. There's certainly prayers of gratitude. Lord, thank you for all of, these, all of this that you've given me, these, these blessings. And then another part of prayer is, Lord, help me to unite my sufferings. And so in your case, Andy, you know, you mentioned of, of being, you know, per, in some cases persecuted for your faith or looked down on because you're trying to live your, your Catholic faith. Um, other sufferings, many people have, have physical sufferings, mental, spiritual, that those as a life of prayer, that's the time part, time, talent, treasure. That's the time part of, of stewardship is you're offering up your, your sufferings uh, to, to Christ um, and and what St. Paul would say is that we can, we can count even our sufferings as blessings mm. um, because they help us to become more like Jesus. And so even the negative can be a gift 
if we see it in the light of faith. Amen to that. Andy, thank you for that. I'm going to be chewing on that for a while. How do I steward my sufferings, my crosses, the crosses that have come into my life that God has allowed into my life? That's a great point, and I, and I love the idea of it, of factoring that into the conversation about stewardship, which is our topic here today on The Inner Life. How do you steward your time, your talent, your treasure, and your crosses, your sufferings? What do you do with them? How do you offer these things back to the Lord who has so generously given them to you? Give us a call. Tell us a story. We'd love to hear it. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Got to take our first break, but we'll have more of the show coming up in just a little bit with our spiritual director, Father Brian O'Brien from Stillwater, Oklahoma. And we're talking today about stewardship. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at RelevantRadio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley. I thank you for tuning in today and listening, whether you're listening on air or on RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. As we're talking today about stewardship here on the program, how do you give of yourself and the many resources that God has entrusted to you? Are there any particular ways that you have encouraged stewardship in your own family or perhaps in your parish? Give us a call. Let us know. Join the conversation. Encourage and inspire one another. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Let's go back to the phones now, uh, phones with our spiritual director, Father Brian O'Brien, and we have Greg calling in from Orem, Utah. Greg, you're on with Father O'Brien. Good morning. I uh, just wanted to speak into what the subject of today is, is and uh, I received a, a calling from my heart uh, one day while I was sitting in church, and uh, uh, we talked about needing ministers for the prison and for the jail system and that was 14 or 13 years ago and uh, since then i have taken on a chaplain program for the two different local police departments and, uh, i'll tell you without listening to the lord and hearing what he was asking of me to do I never would have been able to enter into such a oh my gosh what a what a beautiful opportunity to share with people and their struggles and and bringing bringing the Lord bringing people back to the Lord and uh, I just would encourage everybody to you know we say that we're taking out time and we're we're asking God for help we're asking God for attention, but yet do we really do we really I think. It, comes into the play of wanting it my will and not God's will. And until we submit and really react and get involved with what our heart is leading us to do, it's, it's kind of a pretty selfish world. Yeah, Greg. Wow. So, so, I mean, a couple things are just really cool of your, of just your brief story there, right? You, 
One is you were you were praying the 13, 14 years ago, and and so you you in, when we when we pray, we open ourselves up to God speaking to us, and so when when we just have noise all day, when we don't when we don't kind of still quiet ourselves to to allow the Lord to speak, we can't we can't hear. So in Greg's case, 13, 14 years ago, he was praying, and and the Lord spoke. The Lord put put something on your heart, and it was to minister to those in prison. So you read, read in the Gospel of Matthew, and Jesus says, um, you know, those who are hungry and thirsty and naked and, and in prison, like that's, that, the, those people are, are Christ. And so you had this calling in your heart. Um, we might even call it like a, a charism. Um, some people, I'm sure, listening right now, the thought of like doing prison ministry is just totally crazy or, you know, just outside of everything they've ever thought about. But others may be listening right now, maybe, maybe kind of are in that same, that same place that Greg was of, wow, prison ministry would be so interesting. That would be something that maybe, maybe you've spent some time in prison. Uh, maybe that's a particular group of people that is on your heart I'm here in the in the diocese of Tulsa. We have there's a lot of prisons here in Oklahoma, and and one of the major um, just initiatives of our bishop and of our of our priests and deacons is to spend time in in these prisons and minister to people. And what we see every year is is does literally dozens of conversions, people being baptized, people receiving the sacraments. And so Greg was praying, God put on his heart prison ministry, and then what Greg did is he followed that lead. And it may have been, I don't know, hard at first or kind of awkward at first, or maybe that's kind of a tough thing to kind of navigate through the bureaucracy of the, of the prison system. But now is, now is like studying to be a chaplain. That's just a beautiful example of a life of stewardship, open to what God is wanting to do in your life, and then following that with, with a particular talent to go out and to minister to those in prison. So maybe that's not the calling of your, of your heart, those of you who are, who are listening. Maybe it is. But if it's not prison, it, you know, where, where else? Who, mm-hmm. What group of people, what age, what, what particular kind of thing that's going on in someone's life, what draws your heart to want to help people? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I mean, St. Paul, of course, is known for saying that God loves a cheerful giver, right? But uh, but not just giver of money, but also giver of our time and our talent as well. And so I think you make a great point, Father, that uh, you're calling maybe similar to Greg's. It might be completely different from Greg's, um, but uh, the Lord knows us best. And I think stewardship is one of those things that is meant to bring us much joy, right? It ought to. Um, if if we really if we recognize that everything is a gift from God, that right there is going to put put joy um, in, into our heart. Um, and then when we are, as I mentioned earlier, you know, sel- selfish people are not happy. Um, John Paul II calls it the law of the gift that we will be fulfilled and happy only in the measure that we give ourselves away. And so generous people, people, time, talent, treasure, generous people are, are happier, are more joyful, and therefore more, more attractive to bringing people to Christ and his church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, may it be so indeed. Greg, thanks for the call. Thanks for the thanks for the great work that you're doing there in prison ministry. Really appreciate your testimony of that about how you're stewarding your time and your talent in such a such a meaningful and powerful way, which we can tell by your voice, Greg, that it is having a profound effect on your own spiritual life as well. So thank you for calling in. If you would like to call in with a way that you have stu- you are a steward of your of your time, your talent, your treasure, any of the good gifts that God has given you. Give us a call at 888-914-9149 and join the conversation. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, along these lines, um, and moving maybe more squarely into the talent uh, realm, stewarding our talents, I suppose that begins with knowing where we're talented, huh? Uh, very, very much so. Uh, and I, th- you know, so I, th- I think for everybody listening, to be able to look at your own life, and and realize what what particular gifts have has God given me, and so may, prison ministry. Oh gosh, no way, not me. Um, getting up in front of other people and speaking for a lot of people that's a no go. That's a that's a non starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is it is it something musically? Is it something in the arts? Um, is it a, like a you know? Do you have a, like a compassionate heart? Um, are you a good listener? Those we don't think of like talents necessarily. Like you can't, I don't know, you can't like go, you know, you can't be like a professional listener. I guess you could if you were a counselor or something. But um, what 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 gifts has God given you? And then how can those then match up to the life of the of your parish, uh, the life of your of your local church? I like to think of it in, in kind of three three questions. Um, what am I what am I good at? What does the world need, or what does my local parish need? What does my local church need? So what am I good at? What does the world need? And then what brings me joy? What gets me out of bed in the morning? Um, If I know today, I mean, I'm a priest, and I love being a priest, and I love being in my parish. Um, When I know that I have like a full day of just priestly stuff, mass and confessions and appointments and a wedding, and like that brings me joy, and that gets me out of bed in the morning. If I have like a day of you know, I don't know, kind of administrative meetings. I'm I'm getting out of bed, but I'm not going to be as joyful about it. What gets you, what gets your blood pumping when you think about helping a certain group of people? Um, when you think about what, what talents God has given you, that's kind of where I think God can really, really speak to us. What am I good at? What does the world need? What brings me joy? Put those three together, and I think you're well on your way to finding that, that particular talent that you can bring to your local community. Yeah. What am I good at? What does the world need? And what brings me joy? Excellent questions. And for a little self-reflection there and moving ahead in uh, better stewardship of our talents as well. We're speaking with our spiritual director, Father Brian O'Brien, about stewardship, stewarding not just our financial or material resources, but all of the good gifts, including our very lives that God has given to us. If you have a story about how you have given and uh, seen God bear fruit through your offerings of stewarding his resources well. Give us a call, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, I'm, uh, I'm struck by that. Um, those three questions that you have, uh, what am I good at, what does the world need, what brings me joy, as uh, figuring out where we are gifted, where we are talented, um, and do, doing some discernment of the gifts that God has given us and then putting them to use but what if somebody is in a situation where they feel like, okay, this is, this is I feel what I want to do, or this is um, what I'm good at, but 
there's some kind of obstacle. So I'm not sure. I don't want to paint any particular pictures, I guess. But uh, maybe it's prison ministry is something they want to do, but there's no prisons nearby or something like that. Any thoughts about that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there there, there can be there can be certain, uh, as you said, ob- you know, obstacles that come out. Okay, I feel drawn um, to 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 teaching. Well, there's no there's no there's no school nearby. There's no teaching job nearby. I feel drawn to prison ministry. Well, I don't. It's kind of hard to hard to break into that. Um, I would say two two things. Um, one is to not to not give up. Um, in that, w- what God oftentimes does is there's some desire on our heart, and it's not like immediately met. Uh, and and then it makes us kind of wonder, God, why did you put this desire on my heart? You see this a lot with people who feel, feel called to the vocation of marriage. You know, gosh, I feel called to the vocation of marriage, but I'm not meeting anyone. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I'm not called to marriage? Well, no. I think it, the, the the spiritual life calls for us a, a certain patience. Um, we we talk about like God's timing um, is not always our timing, and so I would say to be to be patient with that particular call that something might come up. But then I would also say to be, to be creative. So I'm, I feel called to prison ministry. There's not a prison by my house. Okay, well, what could prison ministry look like? There's actually a number of organizations where you can, where you can write to, to prisoners. Um, you can kind of become sort of pen, spiritual pen pals. Um, is there a way in which you could um, support, support a prison ministry in some other way. So it may not be you're going to a prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be you're, you're spiritually supporting those who, who are going, you're financially supporting those who go, or just you're, you're corresponding via computer or via letters to somebody who might be in prison. Mm-hmm. So there's creative ways in which to go about it, uh, yeah. even if it's not immediately available to you. And I think if we're earnestly seeking to do the Lord's will, I mean, he drops those desires in, especially if they're persistent desires. I mean, some desires can come and go, and maybe they're not so worthy of our attention, but those persistent desires, he's put them in there for a reason, yeah? And uh, we can see that grow into fruition as well. Wonderful. We're speaking with our spiritual director today, Father Brian O'Brien from Stillwater, Oklahoma, on stewardship, using the gifts that God has given you well, using, we are talking specifically about talent here most recently, Let's go back to the phones. Philip is calling in from Michigan. Philip, welcome, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you. Uh, I give all my thanks to Maximilian Colby. I became a Knight of the Immaculata in the year 2000. And soon after that, uh, placed upon my heart by Mary Immaculate, uh, was the service of the elderly in nursing homes. I uh, was leading the rosary uh, first in a nursing home and experiencing the great joy uh, of just being present with that wonderful prayer for the elderly. And soon afterwards, I started seeking uh, more commitment. And uh, through my wife and her, yes, I left my insurance practice and entered in helping the elderly full-time, and that was 23 years ago. And I'll keep this brief. I just left the bedside of a man that I've been ministering to uh, for 14 years, and uh, and he is on his deathbed. I'll just mention his first name only, Michael. So if you could put Michael uh, in your prayer uh, today uh, for his passage. Um, but anyway, Maximilian Colby and, and Mother of God, 
um, changes your life. And just like Father said, uh, we have joy. We don't always have happiness, but those dark clouds pass and we remain joyful. And that is a huge grace. And uh, I just love my new life. Wow. So, so we have what a, a beautiful story. A couple things just from, from what you just said is one is the, the saints, the power of the saints, right? The example of the saints. If you want to look at what a stewardship way of life looks like, um, you look at the saints. So in your case, Maximilian Colby, I mean, talk about generosity. He gave up his life for the lives of others. Um, that's a life of stewardship. And then where did that lead? It led to um, you know, giving something up, your insurance practice, and now spending your time with a beautiful group of people, and that is the elderly. There, there's many, so many of our elderly in in, in our parishes and our communities are 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 lonely. Um, maybe their families have kind of left them aside. Um, kind of what Pope Francis talks about this like throwaway culture that we live in, um, and and so that call on his heart to serve the elderly. His wife jumped in on it. And then we see the fruit of that visiting the, today with this gentleman, Michael, on his deathbed. We ask for the intercession of St. Joseph, patron saint of a, of a happy death. Um, that's, that's, that's what we're talking about here. That's ultimately where things can go, that we're, we're, we are being and bringing Christ to those in need. That's, that's the stewardship way of life. Amazing stuff. Mm, wonderful. Thank you, Philip, for the call. Indeed, our prayers are with and will continue to be with Michael and uh, at this essential part of life, you know, um, as we pray to our Holy Mother, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. May she do just that for Michael and may we join with her in doing that. So thank you, Philip, for the call. Thank you for your good stewardship of your time. We're talking about stewardship today here on the show, and we're talking about time, talent, and treasure, and we are talking with our spiritual director, Father Brian O'Brien, who is leading us through that discussion. If you have a way in which you would uh, you have given of your time, talent, treasure, or any of the good gifts God has given you, and you'd like to share that, 888-914-9149 is our number. We're going to take another short break here on The Inner Life, but we've got more of the show coming up next. We need to get into that treasure piece, and that's what's coming up just after the break. So stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at RelevantRadio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and to Thomas Engeser, taking your phone calls, and to our spiritual director, Father Brian O'Brien, priest of the Diocese of Tulsa, pastor of St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma. We're talking today about stewardship. How do you take care of, tend to, and put to good use all the many gifts that God has given you? Material resources, uh, some of your own gifts, some of your own talents and abilities, and your very life itself, your time from day to day to day. What, how, do you, how do you utilize that? How do you use them well as a disciple of the Lord? Give us a call. Let us know. 888 914 9149 888 914 
888-900-9149. Let's go back to the phones now. Allison's calling in from San Diego. Good morning, Allison. Thanks for calling The Inner Life. Good morning. I have something kind of out of the box. I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, my daughters wanted to get into a drama program, and there wasn't anything that worked into our schedule. Talked to the parish priest, started one at our church. I'm good with kids. Never did drama before, but it's taken off, and I've done it now for over 20 years. Wow, Allison. Okay, so a couple, a couple of things, right? This, this is beautiful. You saw a need. There was that need wasn't being fulfilled by somebody. Um, you said you're. I'm good. I'm good with kids, right? You recognize that particular talent. Some people are not good with kids. Some people are. Um, you talk to your priest. Your priest was was open to that, and boom, you know, off it off it goes. Uh, and now for the, for the kids that are in that program, right? It's making a difference. That your your generosity, Allison, your openness to call, following a particular um, a call, a particular charism, m- is making a difference now in the life of your of your parish. Um, but but I think but you recognize, Allison, that you're good with kids, and now how can I how can I use that? And it maybe took a little while, took maybe a couple weeks. Maybe your priest was like, I don't know, I don't, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Maybe he was like all gung ho, whatever. Um, you recognize you were good with kids, and then you did something with that particular talent to make people's lives better. That's it. Great call. That's the, Great that's call. the, that's yeah. the life of stewardship that we're called to. It's amazing exactly. stuff. Yeah. Allison, you, you're you our poster child for stewardship <laughs> here on The Inner Life today. Uh, so appreciate the call, Allison. Thank you so much. Thank you for your dedication. And, uh, man, I'd love to be out in San Diego sometime and, and uh, see some, some of the dramas that you're putting together with these kids. I love it. I love the idea. All these creative ways, Father, of being good stewards of our time and our talent. Maybe there's creative ways of being stewards of, with our treasure as well. And I guess I wanted to get into treasure, of course, before the end of the show. I know that we talk about it a lot. Money is at the forefront of a lot of our parishes, a lot of our our clergy, a lot of our finance councils, of course, not to mention our parish councils. Um, when we're talking about stewardship of our material resources, our finances, our treasure, as it were, what's what are some of the guidelines that are given to us in Scripture, Father? So you, you oftentimes will hear, uh, a, a, there's a phrase that goes around like the biblical tithe. Yeah. Um, you'll you'll hear that. You hear it, I think more more so in 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 Protestant churches than in Catholic churches. But it's but it's a it's a very biblical principle, um, and it comes from Abraham, um, who gave the, the kind of the first fruits, who gave ten percent um, of his of his goods uh, back back to God. And so it's it's something that I think every every family every individual can work towards. Um, for a lot of people, you know, the idea of giving away, just talking money here, just giving giving away 10% of one's income um, makes us shiver, you know, you, because we think, oh, well, I can't, I can't, I can't possibly do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just say it's, it's something that we can work up towards. So you see, in a lot of a lot of statistics show that Catholics um, tend to give, kind of a, even a, active Catholics, church-going Catholics. Um, give kind of in the one to three percent range, huh. um, and what's what's interesting I think is sort of two two dynamics. One is um, 
we we could we can't we could we could do more um, and, and not not to fund programs um, as good as that will be um, we we give time talent treasure we give because God has been good to us mm-hmm. and so even even if I mean this is never this is a, a crazy example but like even if my I was going to give money to a particular charity even if they were going to like take it and like burn it. I yeah. I would still I would still give because God wants me to be to be generous. Now, luckily, charities don't do that. Parishes don't burn their money. Let's <laughs> hope um, not. That that money's going to be put to good use. And we got to hold people accountable. There should be transparency within parishes, all that good stuff. But we give because God has been generous to us. And so working towards that 10% of one's income and the way in my in my parish the way we we try to break it down for people um is is this five percent to the to the parish one percent to the diocese and then four percent to to whatever other wonderful charitable organizations Mm -hmm. that you're that you're associated with um and then what that allows is for then the parish to be this place of great generosity. So then I'll also say we as a parish give away 10% of what comes in. Um, oftentimes it's more. It, it turns out to be more than 10%. Um, and so there's just this kind of cycle of tithing, of, of generosity coming in and going out. And it just makes, it makes in my little town here in Stillwater, Oklahoma, 50,000 people um, in Payne County, it 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 has this cycle of generosity that we see growing and growing and growing every year. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic, Father. Good, and I'm glad you mentioned uh, that breakdown. I like that five percent to the parish, one percent to the diocese, and then four percent to other charities, apostolate service organizations of of your choosing. Yeah, I think that that allows for some creativity in in the way that we steward our treasury, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think the other thing we try to do here in, in our parish, you know, Catholic churches are kind of known for um, fundraisers, you know, I mean, bingo and, yep. you know, all that. Um, we, <laughs> yep. we try, as part of our stewardship way of life, um, we, we don't do fundraisers. Hmm. Um, and so we encourage all of that giving to come to the Sunday collection. Uh, and then what that's going to allow is sort of everything to get funded. And so when we have a particular activity in the parish, um, generally speaking, it's, it's, it's free. Um, it's free because we're funding it, you know, kind of through the budget. So that's something I think I, I would like to see kind of parishes work towards. I think oftentimes we, we can kind of nickel and dime people to death when every, you know, every week you're coming out of mass and somebody's selling something or kind of putting right. something in your face. Um, and I think what that can do is it often it, it makes our generosity less effective because it's sort of so spread out. But anyway, that's something that's just that's a, that's a little something that we do here, uh, and something I think parishes can can work towards. Mm-hmm. I like the idea, Father, and uh, yeah, uh, maybe maybe you can run a workshop uh, for us and and how parishes can get started working towards that because. <laughs> It is, I mean, I think it's the way of life for many, many parishes that they do various fundraisers. And not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but I like the idea of, yeah, we're, we're going to focus in on our, on our offering. This is, this is what we do, right? 
Well, and one thing, we, we work with a group here in Stillwater, many parishes in the Diocese of Tulsa, a group called Catholic Stewardship Consultants. And they, 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 for me, they've been very, very helpful to me in kind of be, helping me articulate as a pastor, helping me articulate how to help my people better live this, this stewardship way of life. So there is help out there, um, Catholic Stewardship Consultants, and there's other, other organizations that, that can help a parish, help a priest, help an organization kind of incorporate this way of life. I, I would not have been able to do it on my own. I have good, good examples of a lot of my brother priests around the diocese and, and around the country. Yeah. Wow. Very good. Okay. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of help out there as well. And uh, Father Dudes, uh, just out of curiosity, do any of your parishioners ever approach you and to talk about this? Like how, how Father can I give more effectively or how can I grow in my stewardship of my treasure? Um, I think it's something that I usually initiate. I mean, we, we basically preach about it once a year. Yeah. Um, But then, but you know, people. I I find people sort of come into you know they get a new job, um, they they have a salary increase, or you know, or in in some cases they they receive like a an estate gift from a relative who died, and so people would come and say, I want to give some of this to the church. You know how how can we best use it? And then I usually put it back on them. What what interests you? Is it do you want to give it to the poor? Do you want to help beautify the church? Do you, you know, is there, is there some kind of project around the church that you want to help with? Um, and that's, uh, you know, to try to kind of put it back in their court so it's something their generosity matches up with something that's really important to them. Very good. Yeah. Well, we're down to about our last minute before we ask for your blessing, Father. So maybe just in summary, maybe a recap and just give us a little reminder of where stewardship comes from, it's a response you were saying at the top of the show. It's a response in generosity, recognizing that everything is gift, gift. Excuse me. It's a response of gratitude and a life lived in response to God's goodness is what you said. Yeah, so every, everything is a gift, right? We, we are not grateful enough. What God has done for you and me, what Jesus Christ did on the cross, dying for us, can never be repaid. Uh, it's the ultimate gift. And what we can, though, then do with our life is, is to spend our lives as much as possible giving back to God in response to His goodness to us. And that plays out in time and in talent and treasure. It plays out in our families. It plays out in our parishes. It plays out in the, in the larger universal church. You know, there's so many needs out there. And so doing what we can in our particular, in our particular corner of the world um, to bring about God's kingdom on this earth. Amen to that. Thank you so much, Father, for being our spiritual director today. As you know, we always like to close with a blessing, so if you would, please. Lord, we ask your blessing upon all those who are listening today. Uh, Give us generous hearts. Give us hearts patterned after yours. We thank you for the great gift of our lives, the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Spiritual Director has been Father Brian O'Brien. If you would like to share this uh, this program with someone else or give it another listen, you can always find us at relevantradio.com slash inner life. Coming up tomorrow, we are going to focus in on the Eucharist, source and summit of the Christian life with our Spiritual Director, Father Joseph Johnson. Until then, grace and peace. <laughs>